Hey podcast listeners, welcome to Grassroots Conversations, a podcast associated with Grassroots Church in Rockford, Illinois. I'm Evan Savage, I am the host of Grassroots Conversations, and today we have a really fun episode for everybody. We are talking to two of our uh, leaders from Grassroots Church. They are also uh, the leaders of, of our creative team that, that, that creates things like graphics and videos and podcasts type stuff and uh, they are coming on and we're going to talk about uh, a lot of fun things from TV shows all the way to talking about creativity and the church and where we feel the church could be best used in creative matters. So I hope you are ready for a great conversation and with that said, let's get to it. All right, I'm sitting here with Jen and Jesse, who are both leaders at Grassroots Church, and as well, uh, they do all of our creative stuff um, at the church where it comes to like graphics or video stuff or our, our sermon message podcast thing. And today they're sitting down with me and we're going to talk a little bit about creativity in the church and we're going to talk about uh, what that looks like and a little bit of cultural stuff as well. Uh, but to begin off, uh, what are you guys watching? You guys watching anything fun? Any good TV shows you like currently? <laughs> the lockdown. Uh, I feel like I've gone through everything on Netflix. Do you, I mean, I'm currently watching Tiger King, and it's <laughs> fascinating and insane. Um, are we talking about old shows or current shows only? Like anything that you're watching. Okay, you're I watching also anything uh, fun? restarted The Office for about the 75th time. Um, always a favorite yeah it's uh is it like a bad thing that i've only seen like three episodes of the office (laughs) yes you haven't watched any other than three other than three so i've watched some you got to get on that netflix is going to take it away soon i hear they are you got to watch it but i think it's going to hulu because it's fox right who does is it fox oh i don't remember what channel it was on do you uh it was years ago. It was one of the ones that's it's going to be somewhere. I think it's going to be on Hulu. You know, yeah. I follow Somebody will pick it up. Uh, Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam on Instagram, mm-hmm. and she shared something that The Office is 20 years old, which is insane, Jeez. but I have it just snuck up on me. <laughs> I was watching it the other day, and then she says, oh, it's the 20-year anniversary of the show. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, now I feel old. Well, that's like uh, Fresh Prince went off the air in 94. 94. So you're talking about almost 30 oh. years ago. Gosh. That show stopped <laughs> stopped being Gross. Full House was I think earlier than that or around the same time when it stopped. Yeah, but they brought that back. They brought, tried to. They brought it back <laughs> to like well. a really bad version. <laughs> it was real bad. Um, but yeah, so uh, do you have like a top five? What are your top five favorite shows? We'll do this one at a time. So we'll all do our number fives. So like, is five good or bad? Five is not bad, but like five is like the rank. So it's number one is number one. So we're counting down okay, gotcha. to the top show. Oh okay. man, see, okay. And we'll all do fives. Then we'll all do. F- it okay. makes sense, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I don't have it in order for that reason. <laughs> well, you have a list. Just pick. Just I don't pick know, one, man. Jen, since you actually know what you're doing, how about you go first? <laughs> That's surprising. Um, number five would probably be Bones. Uh huh was like the first crimey kind of show I got into, I would say. Crime. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen, I think we watched Bones. We watched it in like biology class uh, or yeah, something like that. I just remembered a show that I need to what? have on the list. Oh. What are you cutting? I'm not telling you. Jesse, number five. Working backwards? Yep. Man, I, I'm, I'm bad at favorites. I would say, I mean, on this list that I have. The Bible does say not to have favorites. That's right. That I'm being <laughs> biblical. But, so Christian. Uh, I would say on this list would probably be The Office. It's on a comedy level. I, I'm I'm a big kind of drama and whatever fan, so for me to like a comedy, it's usually uh, saying yeah. something. But Yeah, I have one comedy. I don't watch a lot of... Well, my wife and I, we do watch a lot of comedy, but if it was just me, comedy shows and even movies... That's like not my style. I like funny things, but they tend to be like thirty percent funny, seventy percent not good. <laughs> and so I don't do that. My number five uh, is Daredevil. Oh, um, I heard that was good. It's good, but only because so the first and second, the first season's really good. The second season not as good, but I think the third season might be the best season 
of television ever created. Wow. And then they then they cut it off. They were like, eh, we're canceling And that's it. your five. That's my number five. <laughs> Is that the one with the single shot thing that you oh, yeah, yeah. So every, out about? Yeah, every season they have a... Uh, they do one long single shot th- like scene. In the first season, it was like three minutes long. The second season was like three minutes long. Then the last season was like a 10 minute long single shot fight scene, which was incredible. Like you don't, that, that you can't redo that. <laughs> like you get like cut, <laughs> run like, it back. Someone messes up the last couple seconds. To, yeah. Dude. I know you're about to have a heart attack from trying to punch all these guys <laughs> in the face, but run it back. But yeah, uh, number four. What's your number four? Uh, number four for me is Parks and Rec. I could watch it many times over, and it's just like a fun filler. Mm-hmm. But I was really late to the game in watching mm-hmm. it, so I didn't watch it until it was over, um, which I think made me appreciate it a little more because it wasn't stunted as you watch it. So mm-hmm. I was going. Surprising yeah. that I have multiple comedies because, like you guys, I watch mostly like drama true crime stuff like that but i feel like that's typically my movies and documentary type of stuff and not so much tv shows but nice Mm -hmm. yeah i would say for me for keeping in the comedy theme i just wrote this down impractical jokers would probably be be one of my favorite like it's just like one of those things you can put on and just like i i laugh like an idiot uh most of the time like i giggle yeah we're not talking about like we're not talking about quality. Like no. what are the best? No, just like, stuff. Yeah, that stuff that you like. I would come yeah. back to and watch again. I do like my, we watch Impractical Jokers mm-hmm. when we can. Yeah, yeah, that is the, funny. Yeah, it's good. that is funny. It's yeah. Some of the stuff is just ridiculous <laughs> on that show. My number four is the following. The, it's I think th- I think it's the only Kevin Bacon TV show. I don't think he's ever done TV before or since. Yeah, but yeah. that show was like. I remember that it was like what 2012 2013 when that show came out and it was that first episode i like blew my mind it was really good i kind of forgot about that show and yeah. it was just the whole th- like every there were so many twists and turns and like grimy killing stuff it was a little bit like hannibal lecter yeah and yeah it was really though there was that hannibal show that happened around the same time yeah which tried to do the same thing but not just bad. Not nearly as good. Yeah. I had some friends who loved it, and I was like, "This isn't as good as the following." Sorry, <laughs> sorry, NBC, <laughs> you make bad TV. I, I'm going to jump on that one because three is, I would say, following for me. Yeah. If we're going going on to the next number, that's your number three. I would say so. I I did forget about this show too, so I'm stealing from. That <laughs> was really good. But I, for me, that it's just it was good writing and made you kind of think like, oh, it gets into your psyche a little bit. I do remember season. Was it season two was not as strong? Was that the one where he? I, I do remember they ended it like see because they there's only three seasons, yeah. which blows my mind. They should have kept going, but they ended on a strong note. I think they did. What's your number three, Jen? Uh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Oh yeah, I did forget that. Oh, so that's like the, the serial killer yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's like the so because I was I was going to say Criminal Minds, but what I love about Criminal Minds is that it's about the BAU, which is what Mind Hunter. That's the people who started it, and so kind of fed into that one. I mean, it's just so well done, and kind of the birth of the serial killer, which is super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is that so the yeah. one with the big creepy guy with glasses? Uh, uh, well, one of the characters. I mean, um, I was, was in the real. first maybe three episodes. It's uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Oh, Ed. Ed Edward. Oh, jeez. I'm a bad serial killer. Edward right Norton. <laughs> no. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the Dinner. the uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll say my number three while you look that up. Whatever that guy's name is, Edward Kemper. Kemper. Ed Kemper. I don't know why Kemper. that didn't come to my head. You know, interesting fact about Ed Kemper. He did. He's audio- Ellie Kemper's dad. <laughs> he did. Uh, while he was in prison, he recorded audiobooks, and so when you listen to audiobooks, there's a ton of them that Hundreds. are his voice, which oh, right. is super interesting. He's like he's actually or was is he dead? I'm assuming um, they put him to death. I think he's dead. Or he died. We're just putting that. We're gonna have to Google. I'm just gonna Google everything. But he, uh, I heard that guy was actually like, legitimately like most serial killers. Surprisingly, are like geniuses. Like they're just really smart people. Um, like Ted Kaczynski was like a, like the greatest mathematician in the United States, and he was just like, screw this, I'm gonna go in the forest and throw bombs at people. (laughs) (laughs) Some afternoon activities. Yeah. 
his life. But the uh, so my number three, and I got on this show right before the final season, and it was I tore my ACL, so I was kind of laying around the house or like an apartment type thing. And it's Friday Night Lights. Now it's based off of the movie, which is based off of the book. Uh, But I remember when the show came out, I was in high school, I believe. And I was like, that's stupid, because I really liked the movie. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't want to see a TV show about the movie. And then I started watching it. And even if you don't like football, football is like 10% of the show. Like, the show is like high school drama. It's really about the coach and his family and, like, faith and stuff. It's it's kind of like a really it, – it sucks you in. And it's mm. you can just burn through that show so quickly. And there's good drama and funny characters, dumb characters. Stuff like that. So mine's Friday Night Lights. He That's dead? my number three. What's that? Is he dead? I actually think he's still alive. I We're spreading a bunch of lies on here so far. I don't really know. I think there's nothing popping up immediately saying that he's dead. Are you looking at Wikipedia? He's still, no, he's still alive. Knowledge. Yeah, no, he's still alive. All right. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> all right, we got number two, right? Yeah, number two. So what's your uh, number two? My number two is The Office. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It makes me laugh so much, and so much of it is inappropriately funny yeah. and I, I just love it so good so I think though I was thinking about this the, the other day those kind of comedies like like where people are not like overtly dumb but they're just like playing dumb people yeah. they stress me out I'm just <laughs> I, anytime there's like a, a TV show or a movie that has just like any any Will Ferrell movie stresses me out because I'm like why are you doing that you don't need to be like you can be funny without making dumb faces oh that's why I loved Chris Farley, is because he was he wasn't dumb. He was just big, and he like played into his bigness. But he wasn't like Will Ferrell, like you know. It just was. It was I, I love Will Ferrell. I don't know. I like him. I think for every one good, he's like Adam Sandler. For every one good movie, there's like sixteen <laughs> bad ones. Sixteen. All right, Jesse, number two. Uh Number two for me is probably Ozark right now. I, there's probably others. Oh, I, season three. Season Friday. three is dropping yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, so right now I would say that's that's up there for more current. I I made this list in a matter of seconds. So I. But yeah, I, it, it, for me it was kind of slow moving. I wasn't super super thrilled about the first season. Everybody lost their minds about it. But like, to me it definitely built after that. It was it's definitely catching. Mm. Number two. You want me to go? Yeah, I already did mine. Oh, you did The Office. Oh. Uh, so this is the only comedy I have. And this show is just ridiculous. Uh, it's Psych. Have you ever seen uh, Psych? I haven't seen much. Oh, my gosh. This is, I think my wife and I have watched through the whole, I think it's eight seasons. And we've seen both of the movies twice, at least. And it just, it's ridiculous. It, have you ever seen... Uh, that one, it was like it was about like the guy who used to be a psychic, but he was trying to find the serial killer called Red John. Uh uh-uh. uh That was another good one called The Mentalist. It's the so the psych was first, and then the mentalist like kind of bit off the the premise, but made like a serious version where a psych is just off the wall. Hmm. The references, I think, the thing is with them with psych is the creators loved the breakfast club so throughout the whole series they have each character from the breakfast club like each actor in it and so it's a kind of just funny stupid huh. stuff like that, that you should except watch for that, the, should uh, watch that. That's my movie. except for the long haired guy like the main guy in breakfast club I can't and uh, Emilio Estevez isn't in there so mm-hmm. the other three okay. are in there um, mm-hmm. but yeah that show it's if you have Amazon I think the whole thing's on Amazon it's one of those low key just it's funny and it's and it's like so it because he's all like always trying to find a serial killer. So there's like the serial killery type stuff in there, but it's just on a ridiculous level. It's really funny. Hmm. All right, number one. Yeah, numero. my number one is New Girl. Oh, oh that show is man. good. Okay, I just said a yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, it just kind of came to me while we were talking. That wasn't what was on my list, but um, I just loved every mm-hmm. episode i would say yeah. of that show when it was on and i miss it dearly yeah that's a good as one. much as one can miss a tv show anyway. it is that one was better than friends for me it was like yeah, it was the I more mean, you current might get, you might get killed over that one but um, yeah, I'm, I would agree i'll i'll hold strong it's funny i agree it's funnier 
I'm not a my my brother loves Friends. Like he watches it every night, and I'm just like. I mean, I it's, love Friends. It had its, its moments. It, I think the the biggest draw of Friends of, is their dynamic and and friendship. But I mean, even that, like, I still think uh, New Girl. The yeah, characters, it's so good. New Girl more relatable. The characters are just better yeah. than New Girl. There's more, yeah, depth to them. Yeah. But you know, Sean's really funny. That's his name, right? No, not Sean. Schmidt. Schmidt. Schmidt that's yeah. his name. Sean is from Psych. That's the main ah, character of Psych. Um. Yeah, that was my number. No, that was your number one. My number one. I would say for me, my number one uh, is Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of those shows that either you stopped watching like after two episodes. Me. Yeah, like you. Or you. So or you. I watched the first season. I mean, it's, it's so good. I, I mean, the people that stopped watching it confused me, Evan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, for me though, like I, I, I've never really gotten into like the whole like drug crime this that whatever show so when i went into it i wasn't expecting to like it at mm-hmm. all and it, after the season two and three like it just like kept going and every one of them was just like what is yeah it's it's good i could watch that one again so i, I watched the first season of that and i liked it a lot but it, it was that was also during post knee surgery time and so once i got back to work i just stopped watching TV and stuff, and so I just kind of fell away. I do need to go back and watch it because I did like it. I just it was the same with Lost. Everyone was like, "You got to watch." I never Lost. watched it, and I got through two seasons and was like, "I get it. They're on an island." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, pe- the, the fact that people stuck movie. with that for eight years or whatever it was is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I that was one I I can't. Speak to you. I never actually even watched I don't one, think episode. I saw one episode, of it. and I think people were mad at me about that too. It so. sucks. You. It's another show that sucks you in quickly, but it gets old oh. really quick. You're just <laughs> like, okay, you're gonna get some hate mail off yeah. of that, I'm sure. My number one, and this is, I've seen this show all the way through three times, and at least once a month, like my wife and I'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll click on it. She's like, no, it's not time to rewatch it again, and that's Dexter. <laughs> I. There's not a. I remember this show. I the first two seasons that had come out and they were on Netflix when Netflix first streamed, and but they got they took it off and so I so I watched the first two seasons in like a day and a half, and then uh, Netflix took it off and so I couldn't continue to watch it. I didn't watch it for like three years and then I bought the DVDs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, watched watched it then and caught up and people hated like the last four seasons of it but i'm just like oh it's awesome serial killer killing bad guys love it that was yeah for me like that one i did like it it it, to me it was one of those things i just watched it like last year the whole thing through and to me it was like one of those you can see the time Mm -hmm. uh difference between now and then like i'd be really curious is it like a, a revamp of that now it would be interesting to see because like to me the writing was a little weak Um, but the premise was there. I mean, and it's definitely a new concept at the time as far as like delving into the whole mind of a serial killer and all that other stuff. Clearly we have a theme of what we like all three of us, but like (laughs) the, uh, well, Dexter is like, this is what, so this is not top five favorite shows, top five favorite serial killer shows. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Going into the next bit. The, uh, uh, no, but I think that show, so the guy, so the Dexter character is really good and the way, way it's acted is really good. But then, like, the surrounding characters are just fun. Uh, the only problem with that show, people hated the ending. I did not hate the ending, but I didn't love it either. I'm just like, uh, they, they, spoiler alert, <laughs> podcast <laughs> universe. Uh, there's an ending that you may or may not like, but they just kind of left it open a little bit, which I was like, I'm cool with that. Because that's one of those shows that they could bring back with the proper writing. Yeah. And the proper premise, like it's that's they could. Those, I mean, yeah, they could. And that's what I'd be interested, like pulling in a, a almost a better writer yeah. with the same. Cast. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I except didn't. for Deb, she was the worst character of any she TV show. The worst <laughs> character of any TV show. There were so like so many characters though on there were just like the premise of like typecasting. Like you're mm-hmm. the you're the angry black dude and you're the dumb white girl doing like I mean, it's just like yeah. it just seemed so you're the housewife <laughs> you're the <laughs> yeah, yeah you're like the was, 
Hispanic woman with a chip on her shoulder. You're, yeah. you're the big, fun uh, <laughs> Cuban guy who also has to be serious at the time. Right. And you're the crazy Asian guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it was very uh, interesting in that way. And Dexter, you are the upright standing moral white guy who also <laughs> killing kills people. Who also kills people. Right. Also. Right. also. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's I, I do love... There's probably more. I, if I probably made this list a month from now, yeah. it would probably be somewhat different. Yeah. Because I'm for sure forgetting half of the shows that I've watched I or agree. half the shows I love. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do need to – I guess I'll watch The Office at some point. Do it. It just stresses me out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what we're going to do, what we're talking about today, um, all said and done, is if I could get my – notes here uh, as we're talking about creativity uh, creativity culture and the church a little bit um to set this up you know the church uh, to give the church uh some credit in recent decades they've they've gotten way more creative when it comes to specifically for m- most churches when it comes to like the sunday morning deal but uh for like the first however between really the reformation or shortly after the reformation to which is the you know <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> hundreds of years ago the uh between like the reformation and then the 19th century 20th century creativity in the church uh was awful and then like the 20th century there was just z- almost zero creativity at all until the end when they were like, oh, the world's getting more creative, and we're not. <laughs> um, so uh, to kick this off, uh, what are what are your story like? Like what, what? Like how did you get into being creative? One, and then uh, like creative in in like a faith environment, if you will. I would say for me, I started. I mean, I grew up in the church uh, throughout my existence, and I mean, I wasn't in band and in in general leadership roles I, I got very involved at a young age and uh, for me a lot of it stemmed from music um, music was my go-to for a long time it still is obviously but uh, uh, beyond that I'd always kind of dabbled in little video things or, or you know making graphics and stuff and then eventually uh, we branched off created grassroots um, after years of kind of leading our, our past church um, and I think it kind of went hand in hand. Jen and I started a photography business um, for a long time she was starting to do photography off and on and then I'd help her edit photos terribly at the time mm-hmm. but it was like <laughs> like self-taught like really junk but uh, but it was interesting to me and uh, and then it slowly built like the more we did it the more it just felt like this is what we're doing and a lot of it went hand in hand with what's expected at a church often you know it's creating graphics creating uh content and video and whatever um and video is actually new for grassroots it's been like 10 years where we haven't done much of that stuff so we're getting back into that it's kind of fun learning it um that's our my general kind of over yeah i um I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so there was only so much creativity to be had. So we, I didn't really experience um, creativity in the church in the same way, I don't think. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I was like an altar server, and I did mm-hmm. all those things. And I think that learning how that I was serving at a young age, um, it kind of fed into what I ended up doing. Um, but... I was like one of the first girls to be an altar server and so that was like a huge deal but it wasn't really didn't really feed into like my creative bone but my mom actually um, was always really into arts and um, music and uh, photography and things like that and so I kind of stole her camera her film camera Mm -hmm. years ago um, and kind of went from there and I always wanted to be a really good singer and like being the worship man that's just not my gift and so um, when I at about 17 started to go to like the um non-denominational church uh when i got into the non-denominational church and things like that it was really tough for me to find a place of sorts um to kind of give my gifts and uh so that ended up being like media and graphics and things um 
And then as we started our own church, I think we kind of found ways like, you know, I'm really passionate about photography and the arts in that way. And so finding ways to use that in what we're doing now um, has really helped me feel like I can contribute to with the gifts that I have instead of um, just trying to uh, force something that I'm not really passionate about Mm -hmm. um, because I think there's some it definitely doesn't feel as genuine when you do it that way yeah yeah and you know uh, when I think about uh, create because to a certain extent I am a creative person Uh, I mean I was a musician for um, the majority of my life but the uh, when I when I think about the culture specifically culture and the and the church there's a, there's a distinct divide there where and i'm you you kind of see this if you go to any uh like church in any any larger or more hip and cool church in your area you're gonna see uh most likely a group of people trying to be creatively relevant quote unquote i know that word is the worst but creatively relevant culturally specifically but that culture doesn't really resemble actual culture in the real world it's like oh here's a here's a style of music that nobody really listens to except for 16 year old girls or something like that you know like or here's a like here's here's like this this club like atmosphere and it is creative and it's cool when you, when when you go to a place and they know how to do lights really well and you're like oh wow that's actually really cool they that's impressive that you can do that like that's okay but nobody really has that environment like it, most people go to small like small shows or or dive bars where they don't have lights and the sound system's garbage and uh, the roof is like 10 feet high and so it's like there's a d- distinct divide there. And one of the things I think at Grassroots we are attempting to do, and you guys could talk into this, is we're attempting to l- look at like normal secular culture, if you will, and say, hey, we're going to try and feed into that as much as we can or try to take away from that stuff as much as we can, whether it's the aesthetic of a Sunday or the YouTube videos or even like the podcast idea. We're just trying to mimic like mimic culture as much as we can to influence uh as best we can i don't know if yeah i would say i mean a lot of the stuff we've been doing has been uh like this year has been kind of new to us in the creative aspect of branching out of what we're doing a lot of it's been kind of calmed down to a point i guess like we've as a church have always been saying like simplicity is a, a huge backbone to what we're doing so that in a in a way I think we over pulled back um, our creativity level and options um, for a long time and pushing into these other outlets like YouTube and podcasts and other things. It's just another way to stem those creative needs and, and pushes. But I think it's easy to go so far one way and say like, we're going to be so simplistic that we almost ignore creativity um, where it can be a detriment rather than going become Quaker yeah yeah <laughs> yeah rather than going so overboard where you're like well I don't want to be like that or there's too much of this or that but I think there's a there's a medium there where you're like why not try new things try try uh, to kind of separate from what we're doing we've been doing in the past uh, as far as creativity and, and branching out yeah yeah and I think the the when you try to become too creative there's so much space for failure and for um things to not turn out the way that you expect and we we weren't afraid of that i don't think but um i don't think we had the time or the skill five years ago to do some of the things that we're doing now and they would have crashed and burned much sooner um than Mm -hmm. they you know we kind of have figured out what we're doing now what they currently are crashing and burning (laughs) (laughs) but just our, our resources and our our skill has grown so much that I think we're kind of able to um, not only use our what our resources and our skills are, but other people within the church. I mean, we have a lot of creatives in mm-hmm. our space. And so figuring out how we can allow people to participate in a way that is um, genuine and simple, but um, of a high level of creativity and a... Um, 
uh, for me, like I want the the product, the end product to be quality um, mm-hmm. and not just doing things to do them because everyone else is doing it um, yeah. and it's like what's to be expected. I would rather be very simple and do it really well um, and just add elements of that creativity than um, trying to tick every box. That's my Jesse timer. I shut off. it off. You heard That's me say it. it. We're rolling it back. <laughs> Beginning. Starting Start again. Oh, man. Right. That Sorry. just means we have to move on to the next question. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I uh, the, I was reading a, a few, probably a few months ago now, um, about, like, the new generation coming up. So, Gen Z. So, all you people who are complaining about millennials, you're really complaining about Gen Zers, hashtag just saying. The... Um, <laughs> the but gen z like it's it's a it's a ridiculous stat and i'm not gonna get it right but the stat is like 70 percent of gen zers like their goal in life is not to be a doctor or a lawyer or a pediatrician or a fireman their goal is to be like a youtube in creator or whatever right yeah yeah it's all about this uh creating something i think you know we talk about this at church but human beings are naturally creative people. Uh, even people are like, I'm not that creative. Like, you are that creative. You just, it doesn't, creativity doesn't always mean audiovisual. Yeah. Creative is always, uh, it's just you, you have an ability to do something and to make something out of little. Yeah. All human beings have that ability, whether it's a lawyer creating uh, a really good argument against something that's still being creative especially if you're like oj simpson's lawyers who had to be really creative (laughs) uh, (laughs) and stuff like that but the you find uh but human beings are naturally creative um and the quite frankly when i look at the church today uh it's easy uh, so i'm going to step back a little bit from what i said earlier it's easy to look at some of the stuff that a lot of churches do and say oh man they're just such a creative church when in reality they're not really creating much they're just like copying the other thing which is fine churches have been copying each other for since the dawn of time uh, or the dawn of the church i say um but there's very little creative uh, creative process in in everything create are you creating new things uh how to meet what it looks like to meet are you creating you know, especially in coronavirus land yeah um where everything like the you read article after article on church stuff and they're like we got to figure out a new way to meet and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you should you should be a little you know it's forcing a lot of these churches to think outside the box than what they're normally doing which is which hopefully will be better uh in in many ways but the uh let's see what, what do i got here on the old notes the but when it, like when you look at culture specifically, um, when you look at culture, um, remix. What does uh, like what do you think? Where do you think the church is deficient? Not just grassroots, but like the big C generalization of the church. Like when it comes to creativity and matching the creative. Because the biggest example of this, there's two of the church having bad creativity is in movies, church movies, Christian movies awful that, that notice how there's no christian tv show in our top five they're all serial killers you said, uh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> that's not really a christian <laughs> they talk about faith but it's uh that's nbc stuff whatever the uh <laughs> the only good show that nbc has ever come out with is friday night lights in my opinion the uh uh i think i think the problem within a lot of the the church culture and putting out like honestly, as a musician and a worship leader, I I really hate most worship music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a there's a, a stem in the fact that like there's t- too many people trying to duplicate something, or like oh well the kids are listening to this so we got to make a Christian version of this or that. Like why does it have to be a ripoff of something just to make it seem cool, or like j- allow creativity to be better? Like your writing sucks, your music sometimes is just junk like a like unfortunately and i think the big push for people to be creative means ripping off other people and to a point like you know i've heard you know people say like creativity really is just like passed around 
you know, other creative stuff, like where you're just kind of playing off of somebody else's thing, which is a lot of times true, but that doesn't mean we have to like copy junk either. You know, we as creatives can create something that has a, a better quality standard. And I think as a musician, that's like in the music world, that drives me nuts in the Christian community. It's all just like fluff. Mm. A lot of it's fluff. And just like you said, the movies, it's a lot of fluff. Yeah. And I think it's, um, the thing I think is the worst is that if anything that come, you push as a Christian music or movies or whatever is that they have to be so separate from what's secular. So why, like why, why, why does it yeah. have to be so far off base from like, it, ha- it doesn't need to be its own separate thing. Yeah. Like, why do we have to have labels on things? Like some of my favorite punk bands growing up were Christian or under labels that were Christian, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have to make it labeled as such. And I think especially in the church, like when then in the opposite way, when they're creative, what do they do? They, they do series that are like based on secular movies or they mm-hmm. try to like, uh, they try to creatively make secular things fit in their yeah. box instead of just saying, you know, how can we um, express ourselves creatively uh, in any form, whether that's serving interpretive people coffee, dance. Serving, <laughs> yeah, interpretive dance, spoken word, you know, uh, greeting people at the door. Like, I think there's so many ways that when we put labels on things and we put people in boxes of what they can and can't do and how they can use their gifts, then that's where creativity gets stunted. And that's where people uh, see that in the church where you have this kind of circle of people who are creating everything. And then on the outside of like, if you're not in that box, you have, there's no space for you to create within the church. And so how do you kind of involve everyone and let people do whatever they're, they're gifted in, in that kind of way? Like you said, like, everyone can be creative and really the saying is there are no new ideas so when you see everyone's kind of doing a new variation of something mm-hmm. it, you know it all kind of stems from the same place but how do we do it yeah in a way that's relevant to today i don't know the real answer but i don't know yeah and i you know i think um the going like that the, the great example is that like at the movies series that a lot of churches ha- are doing and I've been at churches that have done that um I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I, I think that series you know I understand the premise uh you know if you're trying to get p- butts in seats like hey we're talking about Avengers Ed game this Sunday at church what at church but the problem is is when you have like 15 churches in your town that are all doing the same thing it it loses one it loses the weight to it and two it's it's generally a cheesy idea like it's generally be like how can we pull you know iron man as jesus you know iron man sacrificed spoiler alert iron man sacrificed his life to be i haven't seen that one yet you You have to have heard oh yeah you heard oh okay well sucks to be you that was a year ago so (laughs) Yeah, right. It's, but you're trying to do stuff like that, and that's not really that creative. You're because what you're doing is you're relying on someone else's creativity yeah. to to make to, to to give off the impression that you're doing something creative. Um, and you know, I it's more aware to me because I I see a lot of churches do the same things, whether they steal or not steal, but they use the same series or the same premise for series. Um, but I, I don't, I honestly, like when I think about it, I don't see necessarily a place for that kind of a thing in the church. Uh, not, not, not talking about, not movies. We just began this whole podcast talking about serial killer TV shows, but, the, <laughs> uh, but the, the talking about, uh, like from Sundays, trying to pull out things that you think people like and say, Hey, we're going to do this rather than saying, Oh, people like that. Okay, so how can we use the same motivation for creating that and then put that into our own context and create something complete? It doesn't have to be like the the Christian version of Avengers, but to say, okay, somebody else, the Russo brothers created two really good superhero movies. What drove them to be that creative? And how can we use that same drive to be equally as creative in other areas within our own context and within our own church communities, uh, you know? 
I agree. <laughs> I think the hard part, though, is like looking back is like, I mean, how the big question, I think a lot of churches and in, in us included are trying to look back and say, like, how do we be creative in a new way or how do we be creative without ripping off other people? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big struggle. I mean, even for us, it's it's easy to like Google something and be like, what did this other church do or what did this person do or whatever? And I think it's trying to get out of the mentality of that and, and lean into the fact that you are a creative being. Give it a second. You're not going to have instant ideas. Sometimes you got to sit on it for weeks. And like, obviously, like some circumstances, you don't have the time to do that. But big thing, though, for, for me is like it's learning how to let, let space sit there while you're trying to be creative and actually let something come to you. And um, creativity, is, it's it's a hard thing to say like I'm gonna just sit here and be creative (laughs) but like and I think knowing that like not every idea you have is gold um like for like the what is this series for the year I had this whole vision of the graphic that we were going to create and I had this what I thought was going to be super cool idea and then when it came time to execute it like I could see it in my head it was going to work great and then when it came time to execute it was not good it was just it it just wasn't working and then what we came up with I think works better like I think in the end it translated much better for the whole year than what I you know and I think as creative sometimes it's hard to see past your own idea and when they don't work and Mm -hmm. I think that's where people get into trouble like especially in the church like oh we need to do it this way because this is the idea like creativity is a little bit selfish in a lot of ways like you know it's your idea it's your your baby like once something comes to fruition Mm -hmm. and so to be able to acknowledge when it's not working I think is a sign of a really good creative person who can say I'm wrong we need to go somewhere else with this and I think that's so much more effective and we don't see some of that within a church like if you're not um, the big church as a whole like people just keep running with ideas that maybe aren't you know as um, effective as they could be I don't know if that's the right word but and I think Another thing is, too, as people that are looked at as creatives, the thing that I've been thinking through most is, like, I've had a lot of conversations with other people who are like, well, I'm not a creative. I'm not this or that. And like you said earlier, Evan, it was like, we're all created as creative beings. Like, it's just because you aren't, like, proficient in guitar or on the piano or art or whatever doesn't mean you're not a creator. And I think the big thing is to lean into saying, like, people that are actively saying like I'm an active creator I do these things I I build out you know whatever it's easy to be like well this is just my gifting and it's it's hard to ask other people even if they're not creative people initially like in your in your viewpoint to like for feedback and ideas and other things because I think the biggest thing I've been learning is like reach out to anybody like say like hey do you have any ideas on this you know as somebody who gets in a rut a lot of times you will get plenty of like direction from people that aren't quote unquote creatives and that that just pushes ideas out for creative people you know like i think we all have that ability to think and create and i think it's easy for non-creatives quote unquote to be like well it's just not my thing yeah and it's like come on it is it is it's everyone's thing yeah and i think uh like when um when i think about the church and specifically let's let's go back to like some audiovisual music yeah. type stuff um the church has and, and this is i'm just flying off the seat of my pants here the the uh the 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 church has mistaken creativity almost for uh like embracing fun mm-hmm. right and so uh, I think a lot of times it's like, well, you know, people don't like church because it's boring. And I'm like, that's not the, like deep down, I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's not the reason why people don't like church. People don't like church because people tend to be rough to be around. And, and maybe, uh, maybe there are other circumstances around that, but it has nothing to do with the funness of, you think people had, you think people were like, oh, I love going to, to the, the Basilica on a, on a Sunday morning in, you know, the year 670. Like, no, that wasn't fun to do. Um, the point of, I think, uh, of creativity when it comes to music, audiovisual type stuff, um, is to spur on, uh, quite frankly, to spur on some level of an emotional response. 
Um, and if that emotional, if that emotional response is always either excitement or always passion, then you're missing out all these other emotions that need to be brought out. Uh, you're missing anger. You're missing <laughs> sadness. You're missing all these other things that the church just doesn't really touch upon. You're like people are crying when they're worshiping. I'm like, yeah, they're passionate. They're just, you know, it's good to be passionate. Or they're jumping around and fist pumping to, uh, what's that one with the fist pump? Uh, <laughs> trading my sorrows. <laughs> That song, uh, maybe. I mean, the, I've uh, seen the Yes Lord, Yes Lord, oh, yeah. Yes Yes Lord, <laughs> Yes Lord, Yes Lord, Yes Yes Lord. We it's did a, like the, the like sign language thing. Oh, oh. we this? did. This Yes Lord, we yes, did. Lord, Yes Yes Lord at uh, some stamp. Oh right. Oh, yeah. you weren't allowed to fist bump. I mean, that was a little uh, too exciting a little too for the incredible. church culture. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Were you at a corn concert? <laughs> <laughs> Pull back. Yeah. Hold on, this isn't Creed, okay? <laughs> um, the, uh, but yeah, and so uh, when I think about creativity, you know, some of the stuff that we're trying to move into uh, with the YouTube stuff is to touch on different, like, emotions. Uh, we want to do silly stuff that make people a little bit light, lighter, that are a little bit more fun, but we also want to do, like, the intellectual stuff or, like, the sad stories or the happy stories. We want to, I think creativity in that regard that's what people are really longing for this is why netflix like streaming services are huge i think it's not because people all of a sudden just started to like watching tv um but it's because now they have this variety of uh of shows or movies that they could watch that touch on the emotional thing that they need the connection that they need to have which Another thing, the church's job needs to pull people away from the screens rather than push. This is why the coronavirus thing is so hard, because the church is essentially just going all screen-based, including us. You know, yeah. uh, We're going all screen-based, and the danger in that is that if we don't use that well to push people to the physical, then we're just going to like lean into something that is not truly community building and is really individual building, but the church is not about the individual. It's about the body, the body. Well, I think that's interesting because what you said about um, needing to touch on like all the different emotions and the, the, so what's cool about Netflix is depending on your mood, you can literally watch exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And I think the, one of the things that we miss is that a lot of times at church, we expect everyone to um, want to receive the same thing. And so when you've got someone maybe who's more, of a heady intellectual person, um, you know, a fist pumping worship song is not going to deepen their relationship. Mm -hmm. And now that's not only the church's job on Sundays, like mm -hmm. obviously you need to have a personal relationship that you're working on growing. However, um, you know, we need to find ways that can kind of help people um, grow in ways that are bigger than just music and the sermon. And how mm -hmm. do we I don't know. I mean, I think it's a constant conversation, and yeah. I think our leadership team does that pretty often. Like, how do we deepen other areas of service, or how do we lighten things up? But, I mean, just kind of trying to broaden the ways that we're creative instead of just, well, we have two ways to be creative on Sundays, and that is with the worship music and with the sermon. Yeah. And those are the only places that you can do anything, which I think is mm -hmm. misleading. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, too, to think about, I like that Netflix comparison. Like, not that we're trying to be all things to everyone, but how do we try to give everyone different ways to grow instead yeah. of just checking two boxes every week? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, you, you for in the, in the '90s, like this all really comes from because like the high churches tend to do like everything's purposeful in the high churches, right? The Catholics, the the more uh, uh, not theologically conservative, but the more old school Presbyterian churches. Um, so the conservative ones, but not theologically conservative. The because they're not <laughs> like the old school ones are not generally theologically conservative. Um, but the higher churches tend to play into that. Like, okay, there needs to be an aspect of this that touches on like the aspect each aspect of humanity, if you will, or each aspect of the Trinity or whatever it is. Whether even the buildings are significant and how the building is laid out and the doors of the church. Like when you it signifies you going into new life or whatever. You know, the baptismal being where it's sat in a lot of churches is purposeful, things like that. 
Um, but the for specifically non-denominational or modern, more tractional churches, the 90s saw a, a, a huge push into entertainment Christianity. Um, and this idea, uh, there was a book that was written by, you know, a great pastor and Rick Warren called the purpose driven church. He also wrote the purpose driven life and the other purpose driven book, whatever that is. Um, marriage, it's probably purpose driven marriage. Maybe I don't know. Really great, really smart, uh, really, you know, fantastic pastor, teacher, all those things. But he wrote this book and you know, the main premise of the book, uh, if you will, was, you know, you need to have purpose and like be going after something as a church, which is a really good <laughs> idea. But there are some statements that he made in there that that people kind of took and ran with like crazy, like wildfire, when they should not have run with it the way they did. And part of that was have good music and make the preaching the focus of Sunday. Preaching is the number one thing for Sunday. And in the 90s, maybe preaching was the number one thing. And probably today, a lot of people go to church because of who's teaching or what's being said. Uh, which can be good, depending on it can be bad. It all <laughs> depends on on who's doing the teaching. But the the that kind of spurred on. That was really at the height of seeker sensitivity, and that really spurred on uh, the attractional movement, which is just different than seeker sensitivity. Uh, the attractional movement is all just you do whatever it takes to attract people to the Sunday experience, um, and I th- I think that hinders creativity. 100 percent uh because now you're looking at the churches that have grown the fastest and you know they, there's these lists fastest growing churches in america uh by outreach magazine they do largest churches and fastest growing churches in the country every year they do a list of the top 100 and people look to those churches and say what are they doing and then they're like okay we got to mimic that because that's how they grew by 150 percent last year when in reality it's like no you got to be creative for what your context is dictating and Mm -hmm. so uh with that like lastly like when you look at rockford specifically the downtown context which where we're in what do you see as like uh, underlying creative need or how how would you form uh, a church basically uh in Rust Belt downtown America when it comes to they're trying to build but it's going slow. <laughs> Jen? You don't have anything? Are you in guy? Um I think really in downtown specifically people just want to feel connected to one another and I think um I mean when you look at all of the small businesses here especially with what we're going through like they are um supporting each other and trying to figure out as a community how we get together how we get together and get through the things that are going on in our city um and so i think as a church if we can find ways to do that and to so and kind of like what we're doing with communities and events and like coming alongside what people are already doing um because what rockford doesn't need is one more thing um and i think what it does need is for people to encourage and support one another in ways that haven't happened over the last 15 years or so I would say Um, and so I think as a church what that looks like is all of us committing to supporting the local businesses supporting this community that our church is within and then from there um, bringing that into Sunday mornings by I mean, we're serving local coffee where we have local musicians leading worship. We have artists all within our community. And so if we can utilize those people and their gifts on Sunday mornings and make them feel a part of what we're doing um, and then sending them out to continue doing that Monday through Saturday, like that's so much more efficient to me than having... Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a full band and lights and all of those things, but for us and our community and where we are, I feel like that stuff is so much more relevant to um, the future of our church is just to tell, you know, encourage people to be a part of what Rockford is already trying to do in a way. And that, that grassroots movement is so much more effective to me. But I think that's a lot of what we've talked about too, is, is saying like, it's not about the Sunday morning. It's about your day-to-day. Like, how are you being the church as a whole? And I think being the church as a whole is community-built mm-hmm. living. And, and even if, like, 
it's with like I think there's the biggest breakdown in Rockford sometimes it's it's well you go to this church and I go to that church and mm-hmm. this person teaches this but you teach that and like I have disagreements so we can't really work together yeah. and I think that's the biggest failure is that like there's so many so many churches in Rockford there's no reason we shouldn't be doing something bigger and better together yeah. as a creative community even if we don't disagree you know if, if we have disagreements and whatever like there's just put that down and build a better community yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, downtown, I mean, it's a church graveyard all said and done. I mean, they're empty church buildings. Um, And, you know, when I think about, like, the creativity of a Sunday, um, and and I look at the, like, where do people hang out? Um, You know, for the longest time, there was, like, and and this was only a few years ago, um, you know, I was at a church in a town that had no nightclubs, (laughs) <laughs> but we kept talking about we got to be just as cool as a nightclub. I was like, well, there are no nightclubs in our town. <laughs> Nobody goes to a nightclub, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and the, and, but it's it's mimicking and taking uh, cues from the places where people gravitate towards the most. So you're talking in our place. There's a dive bar called Mary's Place, which is packed at least twice so twice so well not right now it's coronavirus but <laughs> the uh, is usually super packed with some sometimes bad bands sometimes really good bands uh all different styles of music uh but places like that that aren't fancy i mean they smell bad the drinks are bad the there's a lot of people doing weird stuff in there (laughs) but people gravitate towards that kind of a place or a place like the brew house where we have church um where where it's packed on the weekends with just people hanging out and enjoying each other's company or carlisle brewing which is like during the day like right when it opens a bunch of older dudes just like who've known each other for like 40 years or probably 20 years and just hang out and talk about random stuff um but it's taking cues from those different places and saying okay how are we going to put this into a worship environment and that's where the creativity happens rather than saying we got to be better than this thing no it's taking cues from certain things like rockford does rockford have nightclubs there's no no nightclubs Right. They tried and failed. Yeah, because people don't go to nightclubs. Like it's it's not that's not a thing people actually do in real world in like the non Miami, <laughs> Vegas, maybe. Yeah. maybe Vegas. Uh, but the the I think the and even concerts like the best concerts you go to, even big ones. Yeah, they have lights and stuff, but it's there's like an organicness to it. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to a Dave Matthews concert, yes, they have a bunch of lights, and they have really good sound system and uh some video stuff happening but there's like an organicness to it it's not it's yeah. not like going to, to a pop concert which the whole thing is is staged they i i, I think it, like bands like dave matthews or some of those more like real music making bands yeah. <laughs> um uh they they come up with their set list like the day before they're like yeah this is what we'll do we'll go out there and we'll we'll piddle around on our instruments and then we'll get into it like there's not like a an over producedness to what they do and that's what people gravitate towards the most now unless you're like a 16 year old girl and you're like justin bieber or what whoever's <laughs> famous nowadays um or 16 year old boy we don't want to be discriminatory <laughs> um the uh but it, yeah and so it's taking those cues and saying okay people actually want this and they're going to these different places to find it so how can the church replicate that and be creative in a way to do this in uh, a faith context not removing the real world because i think that's where the creativity ends for the church most likely is we takes we they do take cues from like nightclubs or whatever and then they remove everything that people like about that and say oh now we're going to talk about jesus for like an hour and a half and you're like well this was kind of cool but at the same time it didn't really touch me yeah. <laughs> like at all and there's not like this because you removed the movies that are like this we want to create a really good movie about this atheist professor everybody knows what movie i'm talking about <laughs> this atheist <laughs> professor who's who doesn't like this faith kid and they have this not real world conversation that does this, this conversation doesn't happen on a regular basis and the arguments are really bad and they remove the real world aspect of it there's no swearing there's no uh other exploitate or expletive <laughs> type things there's explicit that's what i'm thinking of there's nothing they remove all the like the things that happen in real world and say now it's good for christians to watch or something it's like that's not creative that's actually the opposite of creative it's uh 
derative. <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, it's true to a point, though, because the, I, the Christian creativity out there is just so, like, dumbed down. It's almost for children. And I think, I mean, again, like, you can sit there and say, and I'm sure you all have heard that, like, look at the Bible. It's R-rated. It's not yeah. pretty. And I think it's it's when we all dumb it down for everybody and say, like, well, this is a this is how Christians should be yeah. or whatever. Like, that's a problem. Yeah, there was a TV show that was on ABC. Uh, this was like three or four years ago called Of Kings and Prophets. And it was a story of David. And it lasted two episodes <laughs> because Christians lost their mind because David was slitting people's throats. <laughs> and I was like. It had that to. David slit people's throats. Like this is this is not a th- like he was a warrior king. Like yeah. he, was, he was a brutal person. Yeah. Um, if you don't like it, well then you know don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch <laughs> it. All said and done. Um, but yeah, so this is a really good conversation. Any uh, anything else about creativity? Creativity. I, I mean, again, I think it's taking cues from the culture you're in, the city you're in. Because every just because one church does it a certain way. And it's working for them doesn't mean it works for your church. Mm. And I think it's also easy to get overwhelmed by bigger churches. We're a small little operation on our end. We're, you know, 60 to 80 people on, on the, on a good week, you know? Um, and I think for us, it's saying like, we don't have the manpower to do a lot of the things big churches can do. And it's, it feels overwhelming as a creative sometimes to say like, well, we just can't do what I want to do. And and sometimes that's that's hard to bite that bullet and say like we can't no we can't do what we want to do sometimes on our budget on on the people we have around us you know but it's it's a good push to say like kind of like right now we're in the coronavirus how do we get creative we have to be creative mm-hmm. yeah. and and for the small churches like us and the people that are doing this you know a podcast may not work for you and that's fine maybe maybe it doesn't work for us we don't know we, yeah. this is new for this us is like but like three but the point is like trying stuff that's new and i think trying and failing is okay people get so bent out of shape about failure and the and the fact that like well what if we do this and it it sucks or we do this and it's not gonna work so what yeah. try it fail at it and say check mark that didn't work let's try something else and I think that's the biggest thing as a creative to say, like, be prepared to fail. And that's OK. Creating stuff that doesn't work, like you said earlier, sometimes you have a vision and it flops and it's fine. Go on to something else. Yeah. And that's that's for me is like the biggest thing as a creative to learn, like not everything's going to be a success. Try new things. Try things that maybe are new for church culture in general and spark a, a, a new thing that everybody will copy. <laughs> I think the other thing that kind of goes alongside that is that art and creativity is also subjective. And so, um, A, being able to realize in yourself when something is a failure is mm-hmm. huge. But yeah. outside of that, being able to take people's feedback and criticisms of them saying, well, I don't get why we did this or I don't get X, Y, and Z. Well, Unfortunately, not everyone responds the same way. Um, and so that's why it's so important to do different aspects of creativity within a community. Um, but ultimately, not everyone's going to get what you're doing or yeah. why you're doing it. Um, and that's okay. I mean, you can't be all things for all people. Um, and so the hope is that we meet them where they're at in another way. And so you may not get why we've started doing video, but you love some elements we've added to a service that are more heady and intellectual and that i mean i think that's the piece that as a creative you have to have some thick skin as far as feedback and what people um react to in different ways and how you can um then take that and say i get that that didn't meet you where you were at and so moving forward what what can we try next um that maybe would yeah and that's a lot of uh that's some stuff I've learned in the last few years for myself personally mm-hmm. is like when people don't like something I use, it would be very personal to me. And I had to realize like, that's not, I'm providing things for people to take. And so yeah. it, it, it's okay if they don't like it. Right. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't do it. <laughs> you can't feed everything for everybody. So, yeah. yeah and and I, I think, you know, the one thing I used to hate when I played music was when people were, like critical mm. like when they were critical like oh you know i play trumpet and so we were like oh well you couldn't really hear your attacks on here and your airflow seemed off like shove it go go <laughs> do, go do whatever you're doing don't tell me how to play my thing yeah. the uh you know it would like the criticism does i think for creatives does hurt and the part of like at grassroots you know we have a uh, a really 
broad age range. And so the younger people generally are going to be more into like the digital stuff, the video stuff, generally, uh, the music generally and then the older crowds would be like well i can't open this email attachment <laughs> or something like or like i don't understand why we're doing this and and uh and the younger people be like well i don't understand why uh we don't add the the cool lights or the or the things that i'm used to at other churches and you and you're right you're not going to be able to touch all those bases but you can uh bring them into uh understanding certain things uh, yeah. creatively and and pushing people you know again outside of a sunday sermon mm. just because we're not doing something there doesn't mean you can't be creative outside of that yeah yeah for sure well it's been great uh and this is has been grassroots conversation today uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast download it if you're on apple you can go ahead and give us a review a good review um <laughs> because uh that helps with our i don't know however they do algorithms and stuff like that but until next time we'll see you later mm-hmm.